the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. As a church, we support the work of Whitscliffe Bible Translators. In this recording, we hear from Tabitha, who tells us what they do and why. everyone. Um, so yeah, hello, my name's Tabitha. Um, I work for Wycliffe Bible Translators. Um, I'm part of the church relations team, so um, it's my privilege to work with churches in Wales and the southwest of England, basically to connect people over here with the work that's going on all around the world, which is really cool. Um, at the moment, I live in Swansea. I've been there for about two and a half years now. Um, I live there with my husband, who's a maths and science teacher, so He's just got to make it through one more day until the Easter holidays, <laughs> so we're looking forward to that. Um, so I'm originally, you can probably tell from my accent, I'm originally from southeast England. I grew up near London, um, but yeah, I'm loving being in Wales. Um, and yeah, it's really lovely to be here with you all. Um, thank you so much for having me. Um, and I also just want to say at the start, thank you so much for you as a church, um, your generous support of the work of Wycliffe over the years. It makes such a huge difference. So thank you so much. Um, yeah, it's really good to be here. And I'm excited to share with you a bit about what God is doing around the world through the work of Bible translation. Um, I'm just going to start by reading a passage um, from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10 to 17. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the privilege that we have of meeting together and to be able to read your word in our language. Lord, I pray that as we look at the importance of your word and the role of Bible translation in your mission to the world, that you'll speak to each of us of your love, your hope, of how you want to shape and change each one of us, and your desire to draw people from across all the world to Jesus. Lord, we pray that you would be with us now. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'd like to start by asking a question. So if you could close your eyes and just shut out the distractions around us, let's reflect on this question. What role did the Bible play in you coming to know Jesus? Let's just take a quiet moment to think about that. 
And now I'd like you to take another moment to reflect on who you would be without the Bible. How would you be different if the Bible wasn't part of your life? Let's just take another quiet moment to consider that. Thank you. Our connection with the Bible and how God has used it to be part of bringing us to know him and then to shape and influence our life and faith is often very personal and runs very deeply within us. For me, I know that my faith would not be the same without the Bible. So I grew up in a Christian family and some of my earliest memories are of reading my children's Bible and singing songs about Jesus. I had a lot of head knowledge about the Bible and God by his grace grace did give me a firm belief in him from a young age. It was when I was 10, I went to a summer camp and during a worship session in a cold tent in a field in the middle of nowhere, for the first time I experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit and that's when I gave my life to Christ. God used all those years as a child learning about the Bible to build the foundation of my relationship with him so that he could reach deep into my heart that day and say, everything you've learned is true. Will you commit your life to me? And since then, God has continued to speak to me through his word. There's just unending things to learn about God, all contained in this book. There's so many ways that my life would be different without having the Bible. Its impact on my life is ongoing. And I can imagine that's the same for many of you. You may have come to know Jesus through reading the Bible yourself or through someone telling you about Jesus. The Bible not only tells us the story of Jesus, but also what his life, death, and resurrection means for each of us. The Bible is foundational to us knowing about Jesus. But not having the Bible is the reality for an awful lot of people. One in five people, that's about one and a half billion people who do not have access to the Bible in the language they understand best. That's around 20% of the world's population. I think it's about double the population of Europe, to put it in another way. That's over one and a half billion without the opportunity to be changed through the Bible. That isn't right, it isn't fair or just. These are all people that God longs to draw to him through the Bible. He longs to shape their lives just as he shaped my life and your life. As one of the Bible translators, Wycliffe supports, and who's working in a place that's very hostile to the gospel in West Asia says, everyone has the right to know what God is saying to them. Everyone has the right to have the Bible. In many places, the Bible itself refers to the role that it plays in the life of Christians. Psalm 119 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. The Bible can direct our future if we let it and help shape the decisions we make day to day. Hebrews 4 verse 12 tells us how the word of God is alive and active, which is something that many of us have experienced. But today I'd like to concentrate on some of the powerful verses from 2 Timothy verse 3 that we read earlier. Paul wrote these letters, the books of 1 and 2 Timothy, from prison in Rome 
to encourage Timothy to keep faithful to the gospel amidst hardship, persecution, and all of the false teaching that was in Ephesus. And one of the things that Paul is urging Timothy is to be faithful to God's word, to realize its power and lead others to do the same. So I'd like to briefly look at three uses or purposes that Paul notes the Bible has. Firstly, the Bible teaches us about Jesus and about salvation through faith in him. As 2 Timothy 3.15 says, you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. The Bible simply makes us wiser. It tells us things we would otherwise not know or understand. It tells us about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And it tells us what his life means. That through faith in him, our sins can be forgiven. We can have new, eternal life in him. And that we have the hope of Jesus returning. Where else does wisdom like that come from except from the Bible? When you were thinking earlier about how you came to know or know about Jesus, it may have been directly through reading the Bible or through someone telling you about Jesus. But I imagine that it wasn't too many steps back in that process that the availability of the Bible played a vital part in you coming to know Jesus. The work of Bible translation, making the Bible available in the languages people understand, is a crucial part of mission, of spreading the wisdom that Paul talks about of salvation through faith in Jesus. Secondly, Paul tells us that the Bible is not only important for coming to faith, but also for growing in faith. 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17 says that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible is vital for our development and growth as Christians. One of the central reasons we go to church each week is to hear the Bible preached, to be challenged and changed by it, to be trained in righteousness, so that we, the servants of God, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The whole of the Bible, from creation in Genesis through all the stories of the Old Testament, to the good news about Jesus, to the foretelling of the creation in Revelation, the new creation in Revelation, plays a part in continuously shaping us into the people God wants us to be. And there are so many of our brothers and sisters around the world who are Christians who don't have the Bible or who only have part of it who are crying out to have the full Bible for exactly the reasons Paul expresses here. They want to be taught, rebuked, corrected, and trained in righteousness, and they know having the Bible is vital for that. And that's Wycliffe's vision, a world where everyone can know Jesus through the Bible. That is to come to know Jesus and then to grow to know him deeper and deeper. When I looked on your website, I remember I read your mission statement on the home page to know Jesus and to show him. And I just love that. It's so simple, isn't it? What the Christian life is all about. And it's exactly what the work of Bible translation is all about as well. For people to know Jesus and then to show him in their communities all around the world. Thirdly, 
Paul is unflinching in this passage about the reality of the world that we're living in. As verses 12 to 13 tell us, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Bible translators all around the world rely on passages of scripture like this. One of our Bible translators told us that when persecution came in their region, people who had the Bible in their language were more likely to be able to keep their faith when persecution came, while people without the Bible struggle more. He explained that it's because they know to expect persecution from reading passages just like this one in the Bible. And they have examples like Paul to follow when persecution comes. Words like Paul's here in 2 Timothy speak very deeply into the lives of those of our brothers and sisters facing persecution. The Bible in people's languages speaks deeply into the reality of life in this broken world and then also gives us the hope that comes through Jesus, who will, as Revelation 21 tells us, make all things new, so that there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Sometimes those words of hope and restoration seem too good to be true. And from a human perspective, in many ways they are. But God has given us the Bible to raise our sights up from the human level, to teach us things we don't know or understand, but that we need to learn, to make us wiser than we would be on our own, to tell us of things our minds can't conceive or fully comprehend. And because we know that the Bible is the word of God, that it is true, then we can believe it when it tells us of this incredible hope that we have through Jesus. But for the Bible to have that impact on our lives, to make us wise for salvation, to train us in righteousness, and to give us hope in the face of suffering, we each need to have it in the language that we know best. The language that each of us know best may not be the same language. Some of you here may not have the Bible in the language you know best. The language that I and many of us know here best will be English or perhaps Welsh. And we only have the Bible in English and Welsh because someone translated it for us from the original Hebrew and Greek. If we lived in the 14th century, you'd be listening to me read from the Bible in Latin. You wouldn't understand it and neither would I. We wouldn't have Bibles in our houses and our understanding of God would probably be very different. But people like William Morgan and John Wycliffe who were some of the first people to translate the Bible into Welsh and English, wanted people to have the Bible in the language they knew best. They didn't want there to be any barrier to people understanding the truth of the Bible. Wycliffe said, it helpeth Christian men to study the gospel in that tongue in which they know best. And that was true in the 14th century, and it's true now. Because of what John Wycliffe and William Morgan did in translating the Bible, those of us who are English and Welsh speakers can understand the Bible. And now Wycliffe Bible Translators, which is, as you've probably guessed by now, is named after John Wycliffe, um, seeks to do the same for the one in five people around the world who are yet to have the Bible in their language. 
So I'd like to tell you a story about one of those people, and it's the man that this little boy has grown up into. His name is Kodia Oda, and he lives in Togo in West Africa, and he speaks the Ife language. When I was born, my parents dedicated me to become a voodoo priest, he says, and it was forbidden for members of the voodoo priesthood to go to school, so I have never been to school. Kodia was born, like many Ife people, into an animist family. Animism is the belief that there are many spiritual beings capable of helping or harming people. And voodoo, which originated in West Africa, is a form of animism practiced by Kodia's family, along with many other people in Togo. As a sign of his dedication to the voodoo priesthood, Kodia wore voodoo jewels and a horsetail necklace, if you look closely, you can see in this picture he's wearing them. When he was a child, there was no church in his village. But when Cody was 15, an evangelist came to his village. I was listening to the sermon, Cody said, and I heard that sinners go to hell, but that those who accept Jesus will go to heaven. It was the first time for me to hear the gospel, and I was very happy to hear the message of Jesus. So he started going to church. And the church had a literacy class run through some of Wycliffe's local partners, so Kodia, who had never been to school, started to learn to read through the Ife New Testament. And that was completed back in 2011. After a couple of months of going to church and reading the New Testament, Kodia said, I became very confident in what I was hearing, and I decided to follow Jesus. Cody went to his father and explained what had happened to him. But his father reacted strongly. No, can't you see on your neck the jewels on the horsetail for the voodoo priesthood? It is not possible. You are forbidden to go to church. But I insisted, Cody said. Kodia continued to learn to read, and he loved reading the Ife New Testament in church whenever he could. He became a literacy class teacher, and then he felt God calling him to become a pastor. He trained, and he's now the pastor of the Baptist church in a village near the one he grew up in. This is him now. When I started at the church, not many people were coming, Kodia said. But because I'm teaching them in Ife, it is very easy for them to understand and the church community has grown fast. Kodir explains the impact of using the Ife New Testament in his church and offering literacy classes. He says, the people can read it, so when I preach on a passage, they can follow it and see if what I preach is false or true. They are very happy because they can read and understand it for themselves. But something is missing in his ministry. I'm facing a big challenge in my ministry, Kodia says. Since I can't speak or read French, I can't use the Old Testament. The Old Testament is around 70% of the Bible, and it's key to our understanding of what God is saying through the Bible. In Matthew 4.4, when Jesus was faced with the temptations of the devil, he answered Satan by quoting Deuteronomy three times. And Kodia can't do the same. When one of his congregation is bereaved or in pain, he can't turn to the Psalms. 
He can't teach his church about the prophecies in Isaiah that not only point to Jesus, but that tell us so much about what Jesus would do and what it would mean. Kodia longs to have the full Bible. I am praying that God helps the translation team with the Old Testament translation so that we can have the whole Bible. It will really help me to be able to go through the Old Testament in my preaching. The dedicated Ife translation team, who have persevered through some difficult and challenging circumstances, including the killing of a key team leader, are working hard so that Kodia will be able to preach from the complete Bible. One of the Ife translators explained, translation is so important because God wants to communicate with all people on earth and he wants to communicate to each person in their language. And not just Ife translators, Bible translators like them are at work all around the world so that the lives of their people will be impacted through each verse, each chapter, and each book that they translate. So I thought I'd briefly take the chance to share with you about a Bible translation project that I visited just a couple of weeks ago in North Africa called the Teldean Project. It's just a few photos. Um, so there was a really lovely um, dock with some really sweet boats. Um, and there's me with a little cup of tea. They had these really tiny little glasses of tea, which were really lovely. Um, and that's a sunrise in the desert. Um, and then I'll come back to the last picture, um, but it's a picture of people cooking a meal. The New Testament has very recently been completed in the Chaldean language, and they're soon starting work on the Old Testament. The region is a 98% Muslim majority, so it was a really amazing chance to see how God is at work in a Muslim context. While we were there, we learned that some local people were invited to a Bible study called Discovery. Due to the perception that holy books should be written in standard Arabic, they wanted to read the Bible in standard Arabic. But after reading the passage, the leader asked the group to explain back to him what they had read, but they couldn't. <laughs> they were unable to do that. They hadn't really understood anything that they had read. So the leader suggested that they use this Teldean translation, which is their local language. And after reading it, the group fully understood the passage that they had read and were able to discuss it and learn from it. We also met with some local Muslims who were really open to discussing matters of faith, and they had even helped out with some Bible translation. It's important that translation is carried out by local members of the community as much as possible, they're called mother tongue translators and they can give the most accurate translation in their language. So in places where there's very few Christians, it's often the case that non-Christians will be involved and often that includes Muslims. So it's always done alongside Christians and the checks are always carried out by Christian consultants, but the community is really involved. It was really eye-opening and challenging for me to see Christians and Muslims working together with a mutual respect and a willingness to learn from each other. Muslims have a deep reverence for the holy books, including the Bible. And it's exciting that it's not uncommon for a Muslim translator to come to faith through their immersion in the word of God as they help with Bible translation. So often there's conflict between Islam and Christianity, but we can build bridges when we show Christ's love 
and it opens up the opportunity to come to know him. Um, in that first photo, it's not that far from a historic city where in ancient times Christians were killed for their faith. And we hope that the local people will come to see that this well-known Christian heritage of the region as part of their own cultural heritage. And the people there are really big on hospitality. So that fourth picture, um, it's people cooking a meal in the desert. Um, we did a really touristy thing. We went and had a camel trek and we were told that we would go out and have a packed lunch. But this is what they meant by a packed lunch. <laughs> so they sat there and they prepared all the vegetables and everything and made us a curry and we were out there for a few hours. Um, and it was just, it was really lovely. Um, and I just, I love that these cultural differences just show God's creativity in how he's created this world and the people in it. And ultimately, he wants to bring people from every nation to him to be part of his kingdom and his family. So I have a short video to show you now um, that tells us some more about the bigger picture of Bible translation and how God is at work all around the world. Being a pastor of a church when you don't have a Bible in your language, it has been very difficult. My work is to see that these scriptures get into the hearts of the people. It was hard to convince people to start the Bible, but when they are using their, their language, hmm, it makes uh, a difference. The Bible changes lives. But if people can't understand it, it can't get into their hearts as God intended. Yet when people have the Bible in their language, lives are changed and churches grow as people come to know Jesus, as the people speaking the Lugwere and Lunyole languages of Uganda have discovered. In Lugwe, I understand everything they tell me, and these words go straight to my heart. The people in my church are changing now since we began using the Bible in Indunyole. I'm saying the Word of God transforming people's lives. Things are going to be a lot different for my grandchildren. I think the understanding of God will be better than me. All over the world, in thousands of languages, God's word is changing lives. I realize that in a neighboring country, where people have the word of God in their own language, the impact is different. That's what I want for my people. After we received the Bible in the Gamo language, I became very happy and I will learn, teach and sing it. It gives me real understanding, it gives me light, because it brought me from darkness to light. People are so happy when they read God's words in their own language, because they understand what the Bible is saying to them. Translation is so important because God wants to communicate with all people on earth and he wants to communicate to each person in their language. That's why, through the support of churches and Christians from across the UK and Ireland, Wycliffe Bible Translators is working with such passion and urgency in over 70 countries with over 350 languages that are spoken by over 470 million people. God wants to communicate with each of these people through his word so that many will come to know Jesus. An increasing number of the languages Wycliffe is working in are in the most difficult to access areas of the world for the gospel. 
All of these names have been changed to protect the people involved. In one of these countries, someone we're calling Ibrahim works to translate the Bible into a language spoken by millions of people, most of whom have never heard the gospel. He says, People have the right to know what God says. How will my people know that God loves them if they do not have the message in their language? We're not meant to live without the words of life in the Bible. But one in five people worldwide still don't yet have the Bible in the language they know best. That's not right. Wycliffe exists so that the Word of God will reach the whole of the world and that the good news about Jesus will transform people's lives. And the main way in which God communicates with us is through the Bible. We need to get the Bible available in every language so that everyone in the world has the opportunity to read it and to discover the person of Jesus. The Bible's central to ministry. I bought into the myth that the job was done. 1.5 billion people, one in five people, without a Bible in their own language. Getting the Bible into people's languages is an essential part of world mission. And this work depends on your prayers and your giving. Funding plays a critical role in the work of Bible translation. Paul, Matthias, Ido, Ibrahim and all the other Bible translators working around the world with such dedication so that their people can come to know Jesus can only do what they do because of the support of people like you. Please become a vital part of this worldwide translation team through praying and giving. Thank you. For the finances, for the prayers, don't have enough words to express my gratitude. May the Lord bless you. God is at work through Bible translation. The Bible is transforming lives all around the world, bringing hope, drawing people to Jesus, and deepening their knowledge and love of God. But so many people are yet to have the eternal truths of what God says in the Bible in their language. Eternal truths that have changed my life and your life. And the transformation of people's lives that comes from Bible translation is a result of partnership between people like you and Bible translators from around the world. So what role can you play so that more people can be transformed by coming to know Jesus through the Bible? Today we've spent time in God's Word, reading it, meditating on it, singing songs based on it, all in our language. But for one in five people around the world, they can't do that. And so I'd like to invite you to join me in changing that. To become a Give the Word partner, someone who gives every month. Bible translators like those working on the Ife language need support that they can rely on to bring God's Word to people in their language. And because there are more people across the world coming to us saying, please can you give us training and support so that we can translate the Bible for our people, and we want to be able to say yes. But we can't do that without people like you. So please consider becoming a Give the Word partner. To give, you can go um, to wickliffe.org.uk 
slash Oakdale. So we've made you your very own web page on our website <laughs> so that you can go there. Um, or you can fill in one of the paper forms that's um, on, they're on some of the chairs or I'll have some afterwards. Now, maybe you don't feel you can commit to a regular gift, but all of us can pray. So again, you can visit that link um, or, uh, or you can fill in the form and bring it to me afterwards. Um, and I'll give you a copy of our latest prayer diary um, to help you pray for the work of Bible translation. So we've got our prayer diary, um, but we've also got our magazine, Words for Life. So this is those. And I've got lots of copies that you can come and get, um, or you can sign up to get these um, a few times a year, all for free. I've also brought along some copies of our regional magazine, Wycliffe News Cymru. This is our bilingual magazine, and it tells you stories of the world of Bible translation um, and also updates from Wycliffe members around the world who are sent from Welsh churches. Finally, God may be prompting you to go and join the work overseas in a variety of roles. While a lot of the work is done by the local people, people from the UK are also needed to serve. People with language-related skills, like linguistics and translation, are needed. But translation work also really needs people with expertise in finance, IT, technology, HR, management, education, and many, many other roles. This can be done overseas, and some roles are based here in the UK as well. And we're also looking for people who are passionate about the work of Bible translation, and building the kingdom through our volunteer speaker program, sharing about the work and what God is doing in churches and groups across the UK. If you happen to know anyone who's fluent in Welsh, we'd also love for a Welsh speaker to join our team um, so that we can go and share with Welsh churches across Wales. Could one of these roles be for you or perhaps for someone you know? If it's something that you'd like to explore or you know of someone who'd be interested, fill in the form or speak to me afterwards or go and look at the join pages on our website. We'd really love to talk to you more. We are blessed to have the Bible in the language that we know best because someone has translated it for us. The Bible has changed and enhanced our lives and continues to do so. Yet one in five people worldwide are still waiting for the blessing of having the Bible in the language they know best. But with your help, together we can bless others with the gift of the Bible in their language so that it can transform many, many more lives. Let's end by praying. Father God, we thank you for the gift of the Bible, for the way you've used your word to draw us to you and shape our lives to become more like Christ. Lord, we thank you for the privilege of having the Bible in English and Welsh and any other languages that people speak here today. And we pray, Lord, that all of those without the Bible in their language will soon be able to know Jesus, to become wise for salvation, to grow in righteousness, and to have hope in the face of suffering through having the Bible in the language they know best. Lord, we can see you working and we trust in your power. 
So we pray all of this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org. Thank you.